and welcome to Bacon and Eggs. My name is Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. This is a new podcast created to be entertainment for your morning commute. We've known each other for a little over 13 years at this point, and in that time, it's been a goal of ours to never stop being creative together. Unfortunately, when we went off to college, that got a little bit more difficult. But podcasting seemed like the next logical step for us. We've kicked around ideas on what to do for years, and I think we finally settled on sticking to what we're good at. Since we met, we've been going to movies together, reading the same books, listening to the same music, and having in-depth conversations about all of it. We used to spend hours in the local bookstore right behind the movie theater, going back and forth over the movie we just saw. Really getting down to the nitty-gritty of the movies, books, and music we took in together. So our goal here is to bring that to all of you listening. It's going to be a little bit of review, a little bit of theory, and the occasional hot take. Thanks, guys everyone involved for listening. And we promise this intro will just be a one-time thing. So without further ado, Tyler, what would you think of Game of Thrones this week? Well, Ethan, I did not watch Game of Thrones this week, but I did watch Iron Man 2. I actually rented it on iTunes for $3.99. Iron Man 2. It's funny, you know, I also watched Iron Man 2 this week. What a weird coincidence. Although, how'd, how'd you watch it? I watched it on the seedy underbelly of the internet did you as i am the world's cheapest person when it comes to watching movies you can ask my girlfriend yeah well i got it for i uh, i rented it on itunes for 3.99 because in order to buy it it was 20 dollars 20 20 american doll hairs 20 american doll for, well 19 dollars and 99 cent hairs but <laughs> cent hairs all right fair enough fair enough doll eyebrows like, right. <laughs> that's a disturbing right. thought back yeah, to you i don't think about that um, but anyway, this movie was released April 26th, 2010. Now that, as of recording, is 2,710 days ago. Wow, that was like yesterday. Yeah, basically. How much did it cost to make this, uh, movie? This, this cinematic experience cost, cost studios $200 million. $200 million, that, that seems like a lot of money. Did they make money on it? Well, they did, they did, they did, they did. They, they made $623.9 million. I don't know if that is including the cost or excluding the cost. I so happen to know oh, okay. off the top of my head, just, you know, thoughts that are just kicking around in here. Right. That is the total gross, not net. So I guess the net would be somewhere in the range of 423.9, give or take a few million right. dollars. Right. And they probably count those pennies. I mean, I'm sure that's somebody's entire job at now, th- Universal. That was released by Paramount, who released all of the Marvel movies with the exception of The Incredible Hulk, which was owned by Universal. Now, this movie did a lot better than the last one we talked about, um, at least in terms of Rotten Tomatoes. It got a 73% critic score, which is about a 6% increase from The Incredible Hulk, but about a 21% drop from Iron Man 1. Um, and it, it pretty much performed exactly as well with audiences at a 72%, uh, about 19% less than Iron Man 1 did. Got a 57 out of 100 on metal, Metacritic, so not great. Not great. I mean, it's a C, and... That's not a, a C. From C. Our high school. That's oh, yeah, that's like a that's like a bad D at our high school. What a fifty-seven out of a hundred? No, 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 no. Seventy-three. Fifty-seven is a hardcore fail. Fifty-seven is a fail. That was that was a bad fail at our high school. Yeah, that was like you are asked not to return to this high right. school. Um, fair enough. But yeah, I, the seventy-two percent or seventy-three percent was like a bad D at our high school, which I think is really the only grading scale that counts because in college it was just like. I mean, these numbers really don't matter. College, you know? I mean, it was the same as, what do they say on the price, not the prices, right? That other Drew Carey show, whose line is it anyway, you know, where everything's made up and the points don't matter. Yeah. That's I college. Think, I think we may have just offended everyone who's ever been to college. Um, no, we went to college. We get to say that. We went to college. Mm, 
Anyway, before we really get into this movie, I want to talk about some injustice in America. Okay. Do you know what I'm referring to? I don't. There's lots of things well, going on right now. <laughs> mm. Worst of which is right now, 7-Eleven is running a five for $4 special on the taquitos. Five for four on the taquitos. Wasn't it just three five. for three like last week? Three for three thirty-three. Okay, that thirty-three cents counts when there's only three hundred and thirty-three cents to talk about. Yeah, so it's five for four dollars on the dollar, and it's awful because because when I'm at work, I'll I'll go to Seven Eleven, be like, oh, I'll just grab a snack, maybe a drink, we'll go back to work, and then I'll come back with five taquitos, which is enough to fill me up for like four and a half days. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, it would catch me complaining like, about it sitting there eating my fifth taquito. <laughs> Being like, this is a ridiculous idea. Who thought of this? Man, this is way too much steak and cheese. Ah, that's so good. Yeah, they come in those little bags that I think only contain taquitos. Yeah. Um, So that's that's the injustice in America I'm frustrated with right now, is that the deals at 7-Eleven are a little too good. And they are causing me to get a little pudgy. Anyway, Ethan, how's your life? Uh, My life's brilliant. I'm doing, I'm on a roller coaster that only goes up. But like without the dying of like cancer mm, part. I've always felt like a roller coaster that only goes up is just endless anticipation. That's my least favorite kind of roller coaster. I love roller coasters, but I am absolutely terrified of heights. Terrified. I hate heights. I can't do them. But like I can live with a roller coaster because I know I'm strapped in there. Nothing's really going to happen to me on the up part. And like eventually I'll get to go to the fun part. But if it was a roller coaster that only went up slowly on like a clicky lift hill for eternity, I'd... No, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. For for eternity. <laughs> for eternity. Well, only. It only goes up. It can't do anything else. She's buying a roller coaster to heaven. Um, So the movie starts, and we, you know, are, are looking at opening credits. Actually, very similar to the way The Incredible Hulk did it, but this one, I really, really like the way they did it. Yeah, with the... Where it's opening, the, opening credits and backstory at the same time. Right, well, and it's not even backstory. It's just got the ending of Iron Man 2, or Iron Man 1, playing over it. Yeah. As, as we actually, see, like, a train and, like, Russia, and it's, like, Moscow. And I'm like, yeah, I knew that, just from the imagery. I could really guess where this is from. Thank you for the, the, the all the Russian so letters. You haven't, you haven't introduced Segovia yet, so it's obviously Russia. Sidebar, as I just started watching this movie, I noticed that Apple may have changed the font for notes, or I've never taken a lot of notes on my iPad. Either way, I'm not crazy about the new font for notes that I have to look at. But yeah, but we, anyway, we get so some the, Russian the people doing Russian and things. And, and, right, and we're looking at Yvonne, and, and I was watching it, and all I could think of was, Tony Stark built this in a cave. And then, and then I was like... A Russian was able to build this in the Blues Brothers apartment. <laughs> Weirdly enough, yeah, I wrote the same note, and I'll get to that later because I actually I just want to say it at some point, but I'll get to that later. Anyway, so we 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 open on this Ivan guy, and he's way too obviously the villain type. It's just like let's crack you over the head with the fact this guy is the villain. Just bang, this guy bang, is bang, Russian and evil. And he's he just he looks really sinister. Rips. He's got way too many tattoos. He's got like f- like gold teeth. And I'm, I'm not saying that, like, those are necessary villainous traits, but compared to everybody else in a Marvel movie, those are pretty much villainous traits. Like, this dude looks sinister. And there's some other dying oh, guy who's watching Iron Man on the TV, and he says, like, that should be you. As if being Did Iron you... Man is a right. I think, I think while watching this, you see Ivan slip him, like, a pill or something. Yeah. Like, he, like, put something in his mouth. Do you think he killed yes. his dad, or do you think he was... I think he that was... he was kind of, like, you've... Had enough, buddy. It's time time for you to, to move on into the great Russian Siberian pasture in the sky. Also, it says he's in Moscow, but then like later in the movie, it's like, and then they took him out of Russian civilization, and he spent the last 15 years in Siberia. But like he's 
definitely in a city yeah, it when says this is happening. Moscow. That uh, straight up just you... says Moscow. Like this, and I have a note saying the subtitles look dated, and they do. The subtitles do look dated. They look like 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 subtitles. Like you turn the subtitles on, right? They look like they would be seen in like what's a what's a great like early '90s movie, like high quality '90s, like Dead Poet Society. Oh, I was saying like, dude, where's my car? Because we're totally on different. Pages. No, no, but like, but like, but like high quality. You <laughs> expect it to like look good. It looks like the the credit font. From like right. a movie that is kind of timeless, but also still kind of looks like it wasn't super recent. And then they get to you know Ivan's doing the thing where he like he gives I guess his dad uh, a pill that kills him. And then yeah, you see then, him. He goes downstairs. He's got Tony Stark posters everywhere. And immediately it's just like we got a villain, but again we got no motive. No. Oh, I completely disagree. I actually have. We have some villain motivation. Like that is we have a villain who ha- is motivated. Right. Like, but no, he's clearly he motivated Tony in this. Stark. Like I hate Tony Stark thing, but why? What connection is he Tony Stark whatsoever? It makes no sense. I was I mean, immediately it's flushed frustrated. out later in the film. Immediately frustrated. They were just oh, it's like flushed out later. Let's in the just movie. drop this dude because they they spin it like a revenge plot. But revenge for what? Revenge for Tony Tony's dad kicking uh, Mickey Rourke's father out of out of America for right, trying to. We don't know that. Trying to trying to make profit on the uh, we do we this is explained. He tries to make profit on the uh, the arc reactor, but before it, it's explained, one hundred and fifteen minutes into the movie, like sorry, an hour what, and fifteen what, what minutes. Were your th- what were your thoughts on Mickey Rourke after he kills his father just taking a swig of vodka? Because I was just like, ha ha, Russians and vodka. I mean, yeah, it was a little bit like we're trying to spin this into like a Russian gangster type thing. Because Mickey Rourke doesn't look particularly Russian to me. So yeah, we, we get this whole scene and he's got like crazy posters of Tony Stark. He's obviously obsessed with Tony Stark and, and just fascinated with this idea of Tony Stark and and this revenge plot's playing. And then it just completely shifts direction. We get some ACDC. We get, to, we get Tony diving out of a plane and some fireworks. Yo, and I'm like, this is the most sweet. This is the most Iron Man scene that has ever Iron Man into this like reception, not reception, uh, like event hall, and does the like you know the pose and everything, and gets up and just is real cocky immediately. Oh, but 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 I love it. I love everything about it. Like Tony flies in there and he has this whole speech, and I'm sure it's in the quotes that you're about to pull up. But he has this whole speech about like I'm not saying that the world has been a greater peace than it's ever been because of me, right? But it is. But it is. And he goes, um, never has a greater Phoenix metaphor existed. I'm like, right. about himself. And But that scene is sweet where he like, you know, he jumps out of the, I don't know why he needs to jump out of a plane because Iron Man can fly. Um, you know, just puts the people on payroll. Those pilots. But that's six, six months after Ivan has been doing his thing. That's like a long time. Yeah. And now, now we're at the World's Fair in... New York, uh, it's the Stark the Exposition. Whatever. It, like, if you've ever read the prologue to Devil in the White City, this is the World's Fair. I mean, yeah. And I've, I'm sure if I read the rest of the Devil in the White City, I'll be like, this movie is the Devil in the White City. Yeah. But I've never read it. Uh, I have it on my Audible. Well, I mean, it's, by the it's... way, this episode brought to you by the Devil in White City on Audible. This is Audible. Uh, but yeah, so and yeah, it's in it's in it's in Flushing Queens because it is the World's Fair, which is where they, the first World's Fair took place. Or not the first one, I guess, but it's where the they have the uh, from Men in Black. They have the the spaceships. Oh, is that what that yeah. is? Yeah, yeah. So that's I don't I yeah I, I don't know what Flushing New York is. It sounds to me like the literal toilet. So it's of a New it's York. a neighborhood in Queens. Mm. Is that kind of like Hell's Kitchen, where it's like it's not a borough, but it's a part of New York? Well, no, it's not like Hell's Kitchen. It's like Harlem, which is a neighborhood in New York, and Hell's Kitchen is there a subset of Harlem. I can't keep up with this New York stuff. I feel like these movies are just like, like the you know how when movies make subtitles for like Spanish, yeah. but they won't subtitle every Spanish word because they're like, oh, you, you probably know what that one right. means. Right. That drives me insane. See, I mean, the only reason I know what flushing is is because my dad grew up in the neighborhood over 
like next to Flushing in in Rosedale. Did he meet Tony Stark? He did not meet Tony Stark because Tony Stark's fictional. But yeah, no, it's New York's weird. Assessment. It's like there's boroughs and there's the county and then there's the city and then I, you have like forty five different governments going on. I don't know. I don't know how it works. But they, but but there's New Yorkers tell you where they're from, like you're supposed to know where it is. Like people from New York City, oh, they absolutely where they'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm from Soho. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know what they. It's what it was part of New York. It's part of Manhattan. I yeah, I know right. Like basically, I'm like, okay, so if you're from like the way I think of it is like, oh, okay, so you're from Southeast New York State. Is what right. I think. Well, of. the only reason I know the, I know the 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 neighborhoods of Manhattan pretty well is because I played Spider Man Two, the video game, where it was like the first open world video game I ever played, where you can just like run around all the city yep. and everything, and it would always tell you when you entered a new little part of New York. It's like you've gone in the Garment District. I'm like, I know what that is. I would not know that, but I do remember Spider-Man 2, the video game. Excellent. Game. Yeah, I actually never uh, finished it. I wasn't very good at video games um, when I was younger, and I never finished it because it was a really hard level that I, like, you had to go inside some alien head in the Statue of Liberty, and I could never beat it. I'm sure if you tried now, probably you could maybe beat it. I don't know. I don't know. I know that, like, I thought that to myself about uh, Super Mario 64, so I booted it up one day, and I was like, nope, this still Yeah, no, I, I thought about I that uh, not too long ago. I was playing um, The Legend of Zelda... Like Oracle of the Seasons, which was for the Game Boy Advance, and I'm sitting here like in 2014. You know, I last played it when I was probably eight, and it was hard when I was eight. And I'm sitting here going, "No, I was right. That's still hard. This game is still hard. Yeah, this puzzle yeah, still make no sense." Impossible. Got it. Okay, yeah. cool. Not just me. Anybody else? Cool. Cool. We're good. Cool. Got it. Um, so so it's in it's in uh. It's in Flushing, New York. He gets pulled out of the suit in one of those very cool, like, take the suit off things. And I actually thought when that was happening that, like, oh, crap, now Tony's going to have some issue later in no, the there's, film. No, there's, there's so many never an issue. With taking the yeah, suit off. There's never an issue. It, the suit just and then he figures has, itself out. It's just a plot point. Right. And then he has the suit off, and it's uh, he's wearing, like, a double-breasted suit underneath. And I was sitting here thinking to myself... That suit looks more uncomfortable than the Iron Man. Yeah, it Man did suit. not fit him well. It was not cut well. It did not. It was not tailored. Like it was bad. It was, it was really bad. bad. News. I was like, "What in the world, Tony? What in the so world?" So he, deli- he delivers this whole keynote speech, and you know, walks outside, and there's reporters everywhere, and you know, not Christine Everhart's not back, which I thought was an interesting choice. So they... Wait a minute, wait a minute. When he's walking through the reporters, and he's got the body cam, what did you think of that shot? That was a great shot. Oh, I completely disagree. Really? I hated oh, it. I loved it. Yeah. I was like, this is this is so headachey and it's like... No, it made him so much more personal. Oh, no, I completely... I was like, this isn't used anywhere else in the movie. No, it's not. But there's a lot of shots in the movie that aren't used anywhere else in the movie. In the next scene with the Senate hearing, they did a lot of like news camera footage, which I thought was done yeah. really well. It was like... I, I thought the whole movie was shot very well. And I thought this was a, a shining moment. Is I felt, I felt like I was Tony. I got what Tony was going through at that moment. I thought while this was happening, like I wanted... I, I, the way I see it is like when Tony and Iron Man become one, like he's, you know, battling with this sort of multi-personality thing throughout the whole first movie. And then the second one, it's like Tony is Iron Man, Iron Man is Tony. I felt like he should have been less like playboy And maybe that's why like he goes on such a downward spiral later on. But I feel like Iron Man is a little bit more like cold justice. Right. But he's he should be. He's and very I, I know, like, I get the cocky whole, the whole... at the beginning of the movie. And, and, and it's, it's explained why later on. But, you know, it's so right. he's so cocky. Right. Exactly. And so he, you know, he goes out to the car and, and gets in the car and Kate Mara, who apparently existed back in 2010, didn't know that. Kate um, Mara has done like a million things. You get, like the ma- the woman's incredible. Yeah, but she's done a million things since she began to exist as Zoe House Barnes in the first season yeah. of House of Cards. She did not exist before that point. She was not alive. You can't tell me otherwise. I, th- I honestly thought she was like 17 in that show. Yeah, really same, same. But she did 
she's done a bunch of movies that was not even her first movie. This was not her first like movie appearance. Right. Right. I was like, no, <laughs> because, she's not in this movie. Because this is a great line that just keeps coming up and I don't really understand it and I think I'm missing something when he goes like he doesn't like to be handed things. Why doesn't Tony yeah. like to be handed things? I don't know. I don't know if it's like a it's a personality thing or if it's like Tony doesn't like handouts. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he doesn't like or he doesn't want to touch other people. Like, I don't know. I don't I don't know what's going on there. I don't get it. But I think it's important because it comes up again multiple times. Like he can't even take some strawberries from the Mexican strawberry farmer. Yeah. And he's like, don't don't hand it to me. Just, just, set, it just down. set it down. And I don't get it. And that was something that frustrated me. It was like, why? What did I miss? What am I missing here? Right. And I was hoping you would know, but it doesn't appear that you do. Well, I think I think it's what I said. I think it's that uh, Tony doesn't like handouts. He doesn't like to be given things, um, and it, it's just kind of a way for him to project it. Now, I could be totally I wrong. Guess, but it just like, it feels like something that's come up since the first movie because it was never mentioned. I don't think I would have noticed it in the first movie. It, it could be that it happened. It could not be that. Yeah, it I mean, I, I might need now. to go watch that movie again. Well, granted, it's only been like two weeks since then. But <laughs> right, but I wasn't paying. I wasn't looking for that. Yeah, I was not looking Anyway, for so uh, after that, we immediately get a Senate hearing, which I think was a great, a really well done scene. I think it was really well shot. And just the fact that he, he can, it, it felt like a real Senate hearing. There's a couple of quotes in the Senate hearing that I'm going to butcher here real quick, but I just want to go through like my thoughts on this whole thing. He's talking to the Sen- Senator Stern and Senator Stern's like, this isn't Canada. And I was like, well, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, Senator Stern is just, he's, he's that cliche senator that's just way too hopped up on that one idea he can't move past something and he's just he thinks tony is just this huge jerk for for trying to help people right well he doesn't even think tony's a huge jerk he just thinks that like he sees obviously the other side of the argument so clearly right that how could anybody else see it yeah right he doesn't understand how tony like doesn't see it his way and then we introduce the real villain of the movie well the real villain but the the villain behind the villain as is a common iron man trope that i'll get into later but we we introduced to justin hammer which mm, again no, i think he is the real villain again that's there's no way that guy's not going to be a villain Nick, justin hammer but it's sam rockwell i love sam rockwell um i was very happy they included him in this i thought he did a fantastic job I think he did extremely well. I think the way that they, uh, and we'll, we'll get to this a little bit later on in the movie, but the way that they do his dialogue and the yeah. way that like they acted the dialogue, yeah. like I think Robert Downey Jr. and Gwyneth Paltrow have quite possibly the best chemistry between any two characters yes, in any absolutely. of these movies. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Just like the way that they're able to just fire off their lines at each other and like be amazingly frustrated and happy with each other at the right. same time all the time. Yeah, it's so well. brilliant. And then the way Sam Rockwell comes in and like, his character can't do it. He's so awkward and he and he, just, he doesn't have and... the like Tony's just this dominating personality and and just just steps on him. He just walks right over. But he calls him Anthony and it never occurred to me till that moment. It still has never occurred to me till that moment that his name could be anything other than just Tony. Right. I completely agree. And he calls him Anthony like, and he does it to try Anthony. to be demeaning and it just goes straight over Tony's head. Just straight up the senate did you notice that I, justin hammer says that the iron man suit is a shield yeah or, or that he says he's, know, he's iron man yeah thinks it's a shield iron man thinks it's a shield but it's actually it's a sword. sword and i was like i thought that was some interesting imagery i really liked that but i also think it it touches on like iron man is a shield but iron man can't be a shield because iron man is way later on the villain to captain america yeah i mean i guess so that's that's what you i forced that whole tony is a villain thing that i'm still tony not on board with tony's 100 i'm still not on board no. with that no, I mean, like, listen, we'll, we'll really dig into this later. Like, Tony Stark is not a villain. Scrappy-Doo is a villain in a Tony Stark costume. Do you see what I'm saying? Sort of. And not, Scrappy-Doo you lost is me. in a 
Tony Stark. Have you seen like the original Scooby Doo? Yeah, I just don't. I don't remember it. I mean, I, it's real. <laughs> we'll get there. So Rhodes comes in and he's got this like huge like five hundred page report. Well, first of all, first and... of all, we have this really good entrance scene that is like introducing Captain Fender Rhodes, not Fender Rhodes, James Rhodes. Fender Rhodes is Don Cheadle from Ocean's Thirteen. That's why I keep getting confused. Anyway, Fender <laughs> this this is a Fender Rhodes moment. <laughs> anyway so uh, we get this great scene introduced james rhodes as don cheadle which i thought was great because it was well, very necessary and they they had to be like oh by the way this is Terrence howard isn't this is rhodes this, this is guy rhodes. this guy right here is rhodes pay attention to him and, and we're like okay cool got it got it we gotcha. can now move forward with this and right. yeah he brings in this whole 500 page document the senator won't even let him finish a sentence Here's what gets me, though, is I don't see how if that paragraph is – and, like, maybe it's because I haven't read the 500-page document, but I don't see how if that paragraph is included, how on earth there's any part of that entire report that's not, like, uh, the Iron Man well, weapon is a problem. And that's all of politics for you, and that's definitely a uh... – um, but we, we yeah, got the so, U.S. government being a villain again. Again, for the second movie I, in a row. I, I made a note of that. Yeah. I said the U.S. government is the villain again? Yeah, so we're, tr- we're trying to, because we're supposed to like Tony, we're supposed to like Iron Man, and the U.S. government's trying to be like, nah, we're not going to do Iron Man. That's not a good idea. This guy's a bad idea. Right. And Tony comes out with a great quote, one I think is best quotes of all time in this movie, and goes, I have successfully privatized world peace. Paint a bigger target on your back next time, please. It's like if you wanted to add a little chaos to the world, make this man bleed. Right, and we and then, get a great scene of, of like him saying that, and the and the the senator can't handle it. He's just he's yelling expletives at him, and then we get a great cut. He says like he says "f you, Stark." Like, yeah. what I can tell you from being in a nation where a president just cursed at some American heroes that like people would not just be cool with that. Like, but we get this great scene where you 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 get a cut to Ivan you know watching it in his in his russian basement working on his his arc reactor and his whips and everything and he's he's mad he's still more mad for no reason it, well now what did hold on real quick what did we learn from the incredible hulk that apparently villains don't need any kind of motive no, whatsoever false that if you're gonna watch an early stage iron man cinematic universe movie you need to do a lot of reading <laughs> but there's no reading to be done of, this time of the newspapers on the walls and in this instance there is some newspapers that are like but the- Howard Stark screws Vanko. Okay, but like that is too far. That's too. No, I mean they, they, they like zoom in on them. Like, I missed thing. that. Did you notice? Oh, did you notice that Tony uh, or that Iron Man was Time Person of the Year? Yep, yep. That he was now talking to not just Vanity Fair. I thought that that was an interesting piece. Yes. Well, I mean, at some point he had to have started talking to other people. So we we get Tony back at, at Stark Industries and and he's drinking this green drink again. Except he's up to what eighty something ounces a day. Yeah, they say eighty ounces a day, which is a and lot. That's a lot of ounces. Like, how many ounces in a gallon? Oh, that's almost a gallon. It is. It is. Did you notice in this scene when Pepper comes down, like, I, he keeps saying, are you sick? Are you sick? And I didn't notice that. Do you think he's projecting that? Or do you, because th- he's sick? Or do you think uh, Pepper was actually no, sick? No, she was clearly scene? sick. I missed that. I don't now. think she was sick in the movie. I think that she was, like, sick in the time frame they had to film this scene. You know, he, he makes Pepper Pepper's mad. She's like, we gave away the whole modern art collection to the boy scouts and she's clearly just frustrated with the fact that he's not managing the company into what she deems to be correct and what does he do he completely caves in and makes her ceo of stark industries yeah he's like well I, clearly you know exactly how this I, have should be done. An, I have a note and written I'm, here that says probably the smartest thing tony's ever done right before he does that he has the uh iron man obama poster yes. which i thought was topical yes and um, that was great 
Obama was like and two years into his presidency at that point. He, he everybody mm-hmm. loved him. And we go to villain dude again. Still no motivation. Why do I care about him? I like you are clearly much more frustrated by this than I was. He I, has I was all about no motivation. They have not explained to us in yeah, any but... detail whatsoever why he. It, it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't piss me off if it wasn't played as a clear like revenge plot. I mean, I was I was super happy with all this Mickey Rourke scene and getting a little bit of background on like how he was special and was able to build these whips and I I really enjoyed it. I I don't, I don't know. know why you didn't. I cuz it just the, um, the, the thing that they're they're trying to make it a revenge plot. They have not given us a reason for him to want revenge for anything. He is too much of an important part. You you you, you should bring out the revenge plot later. He can just be a villain at this point. He doesn't have to be out for revenge. Whiplash. I like Whiplash. Cool villain. Is that his name? Whiplash. Yeah, yeah. we never get the names of most of these people. I know. I know. It's very disappointing. Yeah. But in the little blurb or like synopsis, uh, it does say Whiplash. Yeah, I had no idea yeah. until you just said that. But that's a great name. Next scene. Next scene, we get introduced to one of the biggest characters in all of the Marvel Cinematic Black universe. Widow. Which, Black this Widow. is the moment where I started to feel like I had never seen this movie before. And I know I'd seen this movie. You and I saw this movie together in the theaters. Like We, we did, I actually remember Yes, it. we went to see this movie. But I think we went with a buddy named Mike. We did, but I don't remember anything about this movie, save for that scene in Monaco where he cuts the cars in half. That's the only thing I remember from this movie. Exactly, and I think the reason for that is uh, but she is Natalie a Rushman huge or Natasha part of this movie. She is a huge part of this movie, but not only is she a huge part of this movie, but she has like no definable character traits like whatsoever. Other than that, she's super badass and yeah. totally kit like not kills, but yeah. like and stops. A bunch Tony of wants her to, but, like Tony wants her to fight Happy, and he's like, "Oh, this is gonna show her where put her in her place," and then she just whips Happy's butt. But like again, like I I actually you were displeased with uh, Mickey Rourke's character. I am displeased with Scarlett Johansson's character throughout this film. No, I am not I displeased. Hold like... on, hold on. Roll it back a second. I am not displeased with Mickey Rourke's character. I think he is the best villain we've seen so far in this Marvel Cinematic Universe. I just don't like the fact that his motivation is revealed so late. But Scarlett Johansson's character, I just felt like, you know, Natasha Romanoff, Natalie Rushman, is this supposed to be like Russian spy, super badass, great negotiator. I also don't think Natalie Rushman is too far off of Natasha Romanoff if she's trying to hide her identity. Well, I mean, nobody knows who Natasha Romanoff is at this point. I mean... Except Nick Fury. Okay. She's like 150 years old. Right, so. but she's she's straight up S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, she's the same way Agent Coulson is in that, like, she can just be some nameless rabble at first. She she gets developed over time, just like Agent Coulson. I guess. I guess. So we we uh, go from there, and there's this whole scene where Tony's like, I have to have her. I want... I want one. He literally says, I want one. And they go through the whole amazing RDJ, Gwyneth Paltrow, on-screen chemistry, where they just and she's so step mad. back and forth. She's so mad because she feels so threatened, and she's in love with Tony, and it's great. Just some, some brilliant acting by Gwyneth Paltrow. She is super-duper great. And then what I also love in this builds on Justin Hammer not being like able to communicate with Tony and Pepper is that Scarlett Johansson also is like right there with right, them. Like she and Pepper and, are the same person. And they're as snippy and as quick. Right, and, and, and he just can't and, get a word in edgewise with any of them, and it's great. Right, I think that that's perfect, and it, and it shows that like he, he really doesn't belong. Speaking of Justin uh, Hammer, we go to Monaco, and Tony's here because he owns Monaco. a race car, and he's here with Elon Musk. And Elon Musk is there! There's, I, 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 have, like, a, I you... have a note here saying, and I, I stand by this firmly, there is no way Elon Musk and Tony Stark exist in the same universe. 
Oh, yeah, no, not a chance at all, because Elon Musk is the real-life Tony Stark. Exactly. But, but like, I was like, what are the... Uh, I didn't. I thought Elon Musk wasn't even Elon Musk at, at, in 2010. So I was like, oh, look at that. He, what, Tesla's been around a while. I, I Clearly it has. Yeah. I just, well, and he invented PayPal. He invented PayPal? Yeah. Well, he didn't invent and, uh, it. He invented one of the two companies that became PayPal. Did he invent Pay or Pal? Uh, they, neither of them were called anything reminiscent of that. <laughs> Well, yeah, he like he shows up on screen, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Elon Musk. And oh then he God. is like, he is Elon Musk, and he's not like playing somebody else. And I thought that was great. Right. I love, I love when they do that in movies where it's like there's a real person who can just kind of be there. And, right. Uh, it's not a huge deal, but it's also it's cool. But yeah, he, and he and right. he like gives Tony an idea. He goes, I've got this great idea for an electric jet. And Tony goes, Yeah, sure, make it happen. Uh, if I can zoom out just real quick, do you think Tony has too many resources? Yes. I think, like, an unbelievable amount of resources. Like, he was able to, like, buy a city in New York and just build, like, you know, Tomorrowland or whatever there. Right. And then, like, I, and then he, you know, anytime he needs palladium or another. Well, no, not anytime he needs palladium because that's, like, a factor here. Well, no, he's not running out of palladium. Like, he's, he's going through the palladiums that he's got, but, like, it's not an issue for him to get it. I got that impression that it was, like, a limited resource. Oh, I got the impression that if he kept using palladium, he would die of that palladium too. poisoning. That too. I think it definitely looked limited because he like opened it up and there was like you know, three left. Chips yeah, or, right, right, ten chips total or whatever. Right. Uh, but anyway, back into Monaco. We're back in Monaco. Christine Everhart shows back up. She's with Justin Hammer up. this time. Dumb as we can be, we were like, yeah, she's just written out of the whole series. Nope. Here she is again. Nope, Vanity Fair. And Tommy's immediately. Tommy and Tony's immediately like, yep, this is up. Yep, she she did a, about, she like, did a, a great spread, spread on Tony. Yeah, <laughs> I laughed. I, I had to pause the movie to laugh. <laughs> I, I did laugh. I was like, because I was like, oh, way to go, Pepper, jumping in. And that was just like, it was like so anything snarky. To make Justin Hammer feel like an idiot. You know? Right, right, exactly. She she's in on the joke of just let's crush Justin Hammer. Let's hammer this boy. Right, right. I'm here for Tony. And I think if we name one scene in the movie that had enough content to fuel the whole film. Kind of like how in the last one we did, we talked about the interview with Christine Everhart. I think this is that scene for this movie where like just everyone's talking to everybody. And it it almost felt like it should be like a one-er, like a one-shot where yeah. they just go from person to person. But there was so much going on that like I just, yeah, it, wasn't, it couldn't It wasn't feasible. Uh, but then we, but see like, him, we see him in the bathroom and he's weak. He's vulnerable. He's hurting. Right. So he's got to get that Tony Stark rush back. What does he decide to do? He's going to drive in an F1 race, which like Tony's obviously a good driver. We've seen him drive but like that's a different level right that's not just something he'd do clearly yeah. his driver oh well, i'm sure is some super famous f1 driver is like uh are you freaking kidding yeah, the dude's, me dude's mad he, like throws his helmet I'm yeah i mean he's I obviously the best f1 driver because he works for team stark who's just willing to throw out money on anything so so tony's f1 driver tanner faust uh is like super upset that tony is not going to be racing or that tony is going to be racing yeah. And Tony just decides, yeah, I'm Tony Stark, and I can be in an F1 race if I want to. Just like, and I'm I'm sitting there the whole time, like, there's no way this isn't going to be a bad idea. We've seen the, you know, the villain getting ready to do something horrible to Tony, and you know, we, we're we're prepared for the fact that this is where it's going to happen, probably. Right, right. But of course, Tony doesn't know this. You know, it's it's all it's all on the side with the audience. Right, and it's um, but it's just set up a little obviously. Oh, I agree. I agree. I think it's a little obvious. Um, well, they make it super obvious because uh, 
Tony does the race. And I actually thought the whole like Tony driving the thing was all just like a hype move and a plot device so that he could be in the car when it all happens. Right. Um, But Tony's driving and he's doing the thing. And then we get a shot of Mickey Rourke wearing a visor that says intervention on it. Right. Did you catch that? Yeah. And I was like, wow, really beating us over the head with this one. So then he he walks onto the track and cars just don't hit him. But then there's this really cool scene where he drops the whips and his shirt like melts off. Yeah, that is really cool. That was cool. That is really cool. cool. He's immediately shown to be like a powerful villain. Like he's cutting cars in half left and right and right it's like just killing f1 drivers and yeah he just around. he destroys tony's car and he's he's got tony against the ropes and then happy comes in and saves the day and hits him with a rolls royce oh um i thought this was like oh that's why they had tony doing the the mma thing with happy earlier in the movie was so that you know when this scene inevitably came up and tony needs to fight somebody without the suit uh he's not totally useless because tony stark obviously billionaire playboy philanthropist is you know not particularly useful at hand-to-hand combat right but um, nope, nope. Instead, he just he crawls away like a little child, and you know, almost gets murked until Happy comes along and runs him over with a Rolls Royce. And then I, how? What did you think of how long it took for Happy and Pepper to get Tony the suitcase? It, it was hilarious. I thought it was he's taking. Just, he's cut the car to bits, and he's just like, "Give me the case, give me the case." Pepper's freaking out. Right, like Pepper just cannot handle it. Nope. And and the, the like recurring theme of like. Pepper can't handle the stress of being Tony's person. Yeah, no, not at all. Because her Rolls Royce is getting cut in half, and uh, right. she just won't give him the, the case, and then she gives him the case, and there's that great scene with the suitcase where the suitcase mm. turns into the Iron Man suit. I thought, so this, I, I actually think, is one of the few scenes in the movie that didn't age well. I think that the, the suitcase transformation is awesome. Yeah. Like, like, that is very cool, and I think probably one of my favorite, like, Tony puts the suit on moments. But the suitcase itself, I think, looks like stupid. Yeah, it's like this is definitely the Iron Man suit. Well, I don't think anybody was denying that, but I just think it looks like it's almost too bulky. Yeah, but it is a suitcase, which I thought was was clever. Oh, I get it, like a suitcase. Yeah, yeah, it's the Iron Man suit in a case, and that black and silver suit is sick. Or yeah. red and silver, not red and silver, not black and silver. Red, red and silver suit. suit. Yeah, it's Very sick. Cool. I'm like, yo, that looks cool. When That's you way were... better than red and gold. When you were a child watching this movie, did you think that because it was red and silver that it was like less armor? Like it was like a light version of the suit? Or did you just think that's a cool color combination? I think that they were just experimenting. They all look different. Oh, I agree. They do all look different. But I when I remember watching it when I was younger, thinking to myself, that is... Well, because they make a big deal in the first one about like how it has to be gold. And the red is just like an extra. But the gold, right. it, it gold has to be there. So yeah, I can see where you're coming from on that. It was like a light version of the suit. Right. So he gets the suit and he beats up Whip Guy, Whiplash. And, you know, he destroys the Whip suit. Like, it should be over. This they, this guy's in custody. Like, it should definitely be over. But then it cuts to Justin Hammer. And Justin Hammer is not surprised at all. I don't remember this. Tell me more. Yeah, no, they, there's, there's like, the last of it. Everybody's focusing on Tony. They're freaking out. And Justin Hammer's just sitting there with his grin on his face. Like, yeah. Oh, it's definitely his plan right away because Justin Hammer, he's nothing on his own. He is well, only at, with Stolen. That's the thing is I think at that point I was supposed to think we were supposed to think Hammer was behind it. I don't think he was behind it. I think he's about to be behind it. Right. And he definitely wasn't behind it before. But he, right. He almost wants to take the credit for it. Right. You know what I'm saying? But he's he's absolutely not surprised. He's he's just he's ready, which is the first thing the first time you see any real confidence from him. Right. It's like I've got a. I've got he's a got his chance. Now. Yeah. He's got a dream. And his motives end up being real stupid, but we'll get to that. Well, 
I think it's. Stupid. I mean, but it's it, well, not necessarily stupid. They're just they're overkill, like I to think the nth degree. Stupidest part of his motives is that he's gonna do the weapons expo like at Tony's thing. Well, it's like, it's not like, even that. It's like, like, like he doesn't want to kill Tony. He doesn't want Tony dead. He just wants to kind of beat him a little bit. It wants to be better. Yeah. Um, but not even like super better. He wants to be like the military's Tony as opposed to just Tony. Right. So I think. Uh, so after all of this, anyway, we get to the interrogation scene with Whiplash, where Tony goes in there. Ever the show off is still like, oh, you should have doubled back on the power. Oh my couple. god, yeah, I was sitting here writing this like, yeah, Tony's giving this dude tips. Great idea. Never works out bad for anyone. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, because he no thinks idea. he's got him beat. He thinks he's right. got him beat. Doesn't and, see him as a threat whatsoever. Right. But then this dude's like, he says a bunch of really great lines back to back to back. He goes like, "You come from a family of butchers and thieves," and I'm like dang that's brutal i don't like i still don't know what you know about tony's family but like dang dang and then he makes the line about if you can make god bleed only then will people cease to believe in him i'm like yep that that's that's accurate that's when people realize that tony is beatable but yeah so then like if you can make god bleed and i think that that definitely illustrates like okay so the world looks at tony like he's you know he's a savior the, the savior right yeah um, but now the savior is the one that needs saving and tony is tony can bruise tony can bleed right and and it's interesting because that also shows us like ivan doesn't particularly want to kill tony at this point i mean i don't know what he wanted but he wanted tony hurt if he didn't want him dead i think he yeah, i think first he wants to like shame tony and then when tony like you know comes back or whatever or, yeah then he's like well screw it i'm just gonna kill him so this dude's in custody for like five minutes and then, yeah, so I thought that was really, it was, like, way too quick. Yeah. Way it was, like, the next like, scene. He gets busted out of jail. Right. But they, but Tony thinks he's dead. So Tony's right. just like, yep, okay, cool, whatever. Guy died in jail. Great. Awesome. But Tony, meanwhile, is also dying. Correct. He is, Correct. He's got the, the stuff going on in his neck, and he's, I mean, he's hurting. He's not He is hurting good. for the palladium. And they missed a great opportunity here for Tony to be, you know, because they're debriefing him from the fight and whatever happened. This is a great opportunity for Tony to yell something out about, like, Ivan Vanko built this in a Russian basement with a box of scraps. <laughs> that would have been great. It would have been just, I mean, it would have been, it would have been terrible because it would have been way too fan servicey and stupid, but I would have laughed for weeks. Uh, then he gets, he gets busted out of jail. He's picked up by Justin Hammer and we almost get like a, like a different Ivan there for a minute. We also get a different Justin. Well, Ju- no, we get the same Justin. The mm, same, like I he's, disagree. Justin's a lot more confident. He's, he's a lot more confident because he thinks he can control this. And he's finally found somebody he can talk to. Like somebody who's not going to cut him off every time he speaks. Right. But Ivan, like it's oddly quiet, which I guess is what they build us up for. But like he was pretty quick to talk to Tony when he was yeah. in the interrogation room. What I what I love more than anything in the world is that like immediately like Ivan's like he doesn't say thank you for breaking me out of jail. He just immediately disrespects. Right. Like, just thinks nothing of Justin Hammer. Right. Well, and that's the thing is I think that's why he's quiet at first because like Tony's a known quantity. Right. He knows what to expect from Tony. He can he can. Not necessarily trust Tony, but he can trust the, the way Tony's going to be. Right. He has. He's already assessed. Like, how do I want? To yeah. He doesn't Tony. know who this dude is. Yeah. That's how. All. This dude shows up with like a napkin in his tie, <laughs> which is even more Tony than Tony. Oh, I know. I know. That's that's what Justin Hammer wants. It's like Tony wears a two piece suit. Justin Hammer wears a three piece suit. Right. Um, Justin Hammer. He's wearing all. Always wearing the like the light colors. Right. 
like a like right. a Wall Street businessman. I'm like, all right, buddy, you're trying a little hard. Well, he is in New York. That's where his headquarters is. Yes, he is a a weapons contractor for the U.S. government, just like Tony Stark. Right, but yeah, I love that. Like immediately, Ivan is just like, I don't respect this guy. Even though yeah, a little no, bit. not at all. He just wants his bird. <laughs> right, I want your resources. And this movie kind of uh, puts together the like power plus resources. Like, could you work together if you were the smartest person and the most resourceful person to beat Tony Stark, who is the smartest and most and most resourceful, resourceful person? person. Yeah. Uh, and the, the answer the answer is no. no. Right. Because Tony Stark doesn't have to rely on anybody. Like he's two just heads Tony are not Stark. better than one. But he is he is dying, and Justin Hammer has a lot of Iron Man suit prototypes. He does. They're not very good. No, no. But neither were Obadiah Stains. Mm, Obadiah's flew. Right. They, they were not anywhere near the fight in this movie. Where what I'm getting at is that they're a very similar villain. Oh yeah, I actually yeah we we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about that. We liked it way later. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. But yeah. And then and then we we flip back to Tony. And... We see Tony at his lowest. Tony is ready to die. Yeah, he's like he's in acknowledged the, hot rod. the fact that like he he's yeah he's sitting in the hot rod like this blood duct is stuck like in his nostalgia. Yeah, he's he's dying. He asks who does he ask? He asks Pepper. Rhodes. No, Jarvis. No, who does he ask about the last birthday thing? Who if you were gonna have your last birthday party, who would you? Who invite? does he say that to? Or what would you do? Oh, it was to, it was to Natasha. It's to Romanoff. And right. then you get a cut of him like DJing in the suit. Um, but then then. Uh, Rhodey says something that I'm like, are you freaking joking? It's like straight out of the Incredible Hulk. He was like, I had to stop the government from driving tanks straight up PCH. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, they would not do that. Yeah, no, they're not going to drive tanks up the Pacific Coast Highway and like, they're not, knock they're Tony's not house off. They're not going to do that. They're yeah, no, it's not, not going to happen. But, they're going to go in there with but, like a recon mission. But that's great. That's a great out. line because it proves that Rhodey is now the government. Yeah. Brody is on he has become the government. U.S. Gov'd. Well, I get it. Because we'll, we'll get there eventually to where it's not the U.S. government anymore. It is S.H.I.E.L.D. that is the villain. Mm. And then it's Tony as the villain. We'll see. We'll see about that. Mm. Tony S- on the side of U.S. government. Still not oddly. sold. Mm. Still we'll not see. sold. We'll see. Still not sold. Anyway, uh, so Rhodey is the villain and he becomes War Machine. Correct. He, well, because Tony's, Hold on. Tony's lost it. Tony pisses so, himself in the suit. This He's was done. Right, this is the scene where I said to myself, "Oh, that's why I didn't like this movie. I don't like Tony like DJing in the suit. I don't like him like shooting the hand lasers in front of the civilians." This is the whole this whole scene. I was like, "What in the world is going on?" Well, the, the, I it, I like the scene. I know exactly what's going on. Is that Tony's given up? Tony has given up, and then Tony fights War Machine before War Machine is War Machine. And he War names Machine War Machine just, in this in this scene. Uh, but I think what's what's poetic about this scene, if I can if I can be so bold, okay. is that Tony is fighting the War Machine suit, which looks like a more early suit. So it's almost like Iron Man is fighting what Iron Man was. Yeah, does, no, I does think that... that's exactly what it is. It's the Mark II or whatever. Is I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a newer suit or an older I'm suit. I'm pretty sure that was the Mark silver. II. So that was the, like, the, the first one he made. The one before the it was painted, problem. yeah. Okay. I think you you may be right. I may be crazy. Yeah. But just so that's the thing is like yeah forward. you're exactly right it's tony fighting what tony used to be right and what tony used to be like a little bit more inexperienced but overall has the best interests of everybody at heart you know he so he becomes war machine tony names him as war machine he goes has that line about oh so you want to be the war machine here you go or whatever and just kind of lets him walk away with the suit they later address like uh what do you mean you just let him walk away aren't all of your passport like passwords and everything encrypted 
And uh, they're like, oh, well, he was authorized to fly it. And I'm like, yep, there you go. Because Tony trusted Rhodey. There was always a part of Tony that was, I think, like a contingency, almost like a Batman contingency where it was like, if I am gone, this is who I want to take over. Exactly. So Iron H- War Machine leaves with the suit um, and he goes back to do his thing. And then we are introduced to Tony in a side of a giant donut. Right. Oh, and Nick I, Fury comes mm, in. Mm, don't like this scene. Don't like it at really? all. Really? Yeah. No. Why not? We're like, uh, well, one, you got a problem. And then they like fix his palladium poisoning. Like, but like a little bit. On a, like a little bit but still the fact that they like like he's tried every combination of elements known to man and not been able to find well it doesn't cure it it just like abates his symptoms they said i guess that's i mean she says that she's like this only fixes the symptoms temporarily right but the fact that he wasn't able to find that solution up to this point i'm sure he was i don't think he was super worried about symptoms i think he's worried about dying like it didn't seem like until that point it didn't seem like the symptoms were bothering all that much it's just he was mostly you know dying right. he was concerned about dying anyway so you know tony gets all the information from from shield and we finally have a motive for the villain we, we figure out what vanko's dad had to do with stark enterprises what he had to do with the arc reactor and we learn about the motive and how this guy blames tony for his dad's death basically and then we realize that both him and tony are the same because all they want to do is finish their father's missions in life and they want to continue living out you know yeah finish their father's missions in life and and ivan is not happy about the fact that uh tony's dad screwed him and tony's not happy about the fact that his dad screwed him right so he thinks tony, tony's like equally frustrated with his father right they are both frustrated with howard stark right tony's always been frustrated with howard stark because he doesn't feel like howard ever gave a shit about him right he never hugged me he never said he loved me yeah nothing he doesn't he doesn't feel like howard cared at all ever you know he he feels like he was a burden and his, he, he says that, you know, my, my dad's greatest day was the day he dropped me off at boarding school, which, ouch. I know, brutal. Yikes. Totally brutal. That would suck. Yikes of spaces. Yeah. Did you, real quick, did you catch the scene in the uh, in the diner where they said we have problems in the Southwest region? And you're like, okay. Yeah, no, Thor I definitely caught that. Coming. I was like, and he, he tells Coulson he's being reassigned, Coulson tells him he's being reassigned to, you know, New Mexico later on. Right. And oh, I'm like, we got. Oh, we got Thor. We got, we got we some got Thor, Thor going coming. Because I know when I think Nordic gods, I think Southwest America. Well, you know, he ended up there. That's all I'm I get saying. that. Like, if I hadn't seen Thor, and Thor hadn't been written already, like, this would just be like, mm, the American Southwest? That's where you're putting Thor? Yeah. I mean, you got problems in the Southwest. That's all they tell us at this point. Right. Like, we didn't know this was not an Easter egg because we didn't have any idea about Thor at that point. Well, I mean, we do it by the end of the movie. But... Right, but, like, even then, it's... You know, it's like we don't we don't really I wouldn't have caught that. I don't think I caught it the first time. No, I don't think so either. Granted, I didn't see Thor in theaters. It took me a long time to see Thor. So I was just that blew over my head anyway. So then so after that, after the whole like donut shop scene and like, Tony, you blah, blah, blah. They go to we're back to the Hammer and Ivan story where we learn all the background. And uh, why can't this this bothered me? And I think it's just that like what they're trying to show is that Hammer doesn't get it. But he's supposed to be, like, as resourceful as Tony. Maybe not in, like, you know, in, like, a naked and afraid situation would build a fire and last as long. But have, like, similar resources. Have the same level of, like, monetary resources, right. Um, why can't he get the bird? I don't... Uh, the bird's probably dead. You think the bird's dead? Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what's up with the bird. It's never, like, fully fleshed out at all. They just kind of left that one hanging. I'd like my bird. Yeah. I yeah. want my bird. I'm like... <laughs> I was like... And, and... 
Hammer's just and like, we get you a bird. We'll get you the great bird. We'll get you the best bird ever. Mexico's going to pay for it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's exactly he what He goes into like. some real Trump speak about the bird. When he finally no, gets he in the bird, and he's just like, it's a beautiful bird. What are you talking about? This is a great this bird. Best bird. This, best, this is the greatest deal that's ever happened. <laughs> yeah, this is the greatest bird deal in the history of bird deals. And yeah. Vanko's just like, I want my bird. My bird. Yeah. Like my bird. Yeah. But uh, like, I was like, why can't he get the bird? Like, if you're supposed I don't to know. Be and then nothing ever comes of that. Anywhere. He gets the wrong bird. Yeah. And then, and then Vanko ends up loving that bird. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, what's going on here? What is the point of this? Yeah. It just I seems not, so pointless. I don't know. I, I did never not I didn't understand it. it at all. Oh, we get that you great know. scene of of the, Tony's watching the video and then Howard Stark tar- starts talking to him from the past. I don't – you say it's great. I think it's sort of campy almost. Maybe oh, campy no, I liked word. it. I liked it. I, I felt like I was watching this and I was like, what do you mean Howard was just going to tell him about this new element? Like, I guess it's supposed to be used for, like, the energy crisis. And they talked about, like, the energy crisis is going to be a much bigger deal than the arms race. But, like, like, well, that's like the thing it's is, exactly what Tony needs to survive. Well, yeah, because they were building the arc reactor. That's what the element was for, was to finish the arc reactor. Tony built the arc reactor. That's what him and Obadiah talk about in the first movie. Right. That it was like a but, science fair project. But that's the thing is like, yeah, because they fin- they built it on Howard's plans. But Howard's plans weren't complete because he was limited by the technology of his time. He literally says it in the video. Right. But Tony but Tony won't be. Well, Tony and Tony gets all the ingredients for like and then so Tony discovers the new element and like when he when he pulls up the map You're skipping a lot of stuff there. Oh, am I? Yes. You're skipping a lot there because he has to go to to Pepper. He has to go to Pepper's and, office. And he has to yeah. see the the the, the balance toy. Um, oh, that's right, because he goes to Pepper's office in the Audi, and yeah. all my note says is I love the Audi. Yeah. Then, so he drives there in the Audi, and Pepper won't even talk to him. She basically just won't take his call. She's right. just like, nope, we're we're done. But Tony's re- reinvigorated with his life because Howard says, "My greatest creation, Tony, is you." And I'm just like, <laughs> I miss you, Dad. I love you, Father. Uh, I'm gonna call my dad real quick and just cry a little bit. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. It's all We're good, fine. Dad. We're fine. It's all good. It's all yep. good. Uh, right. And then, and then Tony goes to Peppers and he gets the, the strawberries. Don't hand them to me. Yeah, he, uh, he, blah, blah, blah. Don't, I don't like to be handed things. Just set them and, right the, and the and farmer's then, like, "You're Iron Man, right? We believe in you." And I'm just like, "There we go. There's the Spider-Man scene. There we go. I know, right? There's the. I'm like, there's the." The, the farmer listening to ACDC on the side of the road. Exactly. He, he wasn't, but it was it was like that happened. It was pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, um, so he goes to Pepper's office. Pepper won't give him the time of day, but he finds the map, and he's just like, the key to the future. And I'm like, uh, that's not obvious. You would have figured that out way beforehand. Right, you would have. This was clearly in your office. You were part of, like, people building this. Like, yeah. Like, people built this entire thing twice. Yeah. <laughs> More than once for the so second he, Stark exposition. So then he grabs it. I, I don't want to. I mean, that that scene is so great because of the the fidget toy, like the magnet fidget toy, and the um, it just bothers the heck out of him. Well, they were like, I, I I have no idea why they included it. I don't know that it has any like relative symbolism other than that. It's just well, like a cool I think, thing. I think that Tony. I think it does have some symbolism in that, like that's the kind of thing Tony would have on his desk, but not not exactly that thing, but like something similarly annoying. And he feels right. like what it's like to be Pepper because Pepper's in power it. now and she won't give him the time of day. And he's just like, oh, my God, I can't handle this. I'm Tony Stark. You're not Tony Stark. I'm Tony Stark. I'm Dirty Dan. No, I'm Dirty Dan. <laughs> Who you call the pinhead? <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, and I literally I have this note written in here that says I can't imagine how annoying that is for a megalomaniac. Yeah, I mean I, I jive with that. And then um, so they have their their amazing on screen presence, and I love everything about it. And they uh, and then she leaves, and Natasha shows up, and he's like, <gasps> "You guys are working together now. You guys are working together. You're so good. You're so good." And Pepper's like, "Yeah, she's great. You're you're exactly right. I I hated her because she liked her, but now I like her. But now I like her because she's an excellent assistant. Right? She does um, so good. And she speaks Latin at him, and she says that one thing that I can't remember. And then I really want to talk about the element, so let's just get to it. Yeah, so he he brings home the thing, the the big display model, and and Jarvis scans it, and they do the whole like really cool Iron Man thing with the technology that doesn't exist, where he can like pick apart parts of a model, and like I've always thought that was fascinating. It is going to be so cool. My problem with this scene is that he's like, this looks like a nucleus, and if that's the nucleus, then these blah blah blah, and he goes through this whole thing, and then like the first thing he eliminates is the thing I think looks most like what he needs. Yeah. Of course, I'm not a sciencey person, but he's like, get rid of the walking paths. And I'm like, no, wait a minute. The walking paths are definitely like pointing you in the right direction. Get rid of the trees. Get rid of the buildings. Well, he, no, he needs the buildings. He needs the buildings? He needs the pavilions. He needs the pavilions. He was like, he was like, structure the, the protons and neutrons like the pavilions. I uh, To me, the walking paths looked like they were much more important than clearly Tony thought they were. Yeah, but oh, I mean, but I don't think you know how nucleus that. works, though. Nucleus are just, they're little, like little things that are spread apart in a certain way. I, I mean, I jive with you there. And then they create an element and... Uh, yeah, he, still, he builds like a like a proton collider. Well, well, before he does that, Jarvis is like, it is impossible to synthesize. Tony's and like, then, like, bet. Three minutes of movie later, he's got it. He's got a, <laughs> he's got a particle collider in his basement. And he uses the right. Captain America shield, you know. It's not a Captain America. It's, like it's, like it's like a clock, right? It's not like Cap's actual shield. No, it's a that he's prototype. It's a prototype. Yeah, the Captain America shield was from the Howard Stark stuff. It is? Yeah. It just looks so Col- cheesy. Because Coulson comes down there and goes like, why do you have this? Right, I thought it was just some silly like clock from like the... No, 19th... no, no, it, it wasn't even built. It wasn't World finished. Okay. Yeah, I know. It, like, it was like a metal frame with like pieces of the shield. But it's not like it's not like the vibranium shield or whatever. whatever. No, that's what I'm adamantium. saying. It's like a prototype, and it is vibranium. Vibranium? Vibranium is the, the element. Adamantium is Wolverine. I know. I figured why not be the same thing. Because it's vibranium. They talk about in Captain America how they tried adamantium. Or, no, they talk about an Age of Ultron, maybe? One of the times. Something. Ultron Ultron tries adamantium, but it won't work. Gotcha. So they need vibranium, which they can only get from, like, a South African warlord. Anyway, that's way far ahead. Yeah, we're in a whole nother We're in. That's sector. a different phase. That's a different Iron Man. No, it's not. Or is it? That's the same Iron Man. Mm, that's what you think. Scrappy oh, my man. God. That's what you think. Tony's not a robot. This is me going on record right now, episode three of Bacon and Eggs. I don't believe it until I believe it. Oh, you're going to believe it hard. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, he's got the Captain America shield, and he's just like, great, this is exactly what I need. Coulson's like, you shouldn't need this. Coulson's like freaked out for a second, and he just uses it as As like like a a shelf. Holds it up. Yeah. Yeah. Holds up his particle accelerator. Yeah, perfectly level. And Uh, so they just introduce the two next movies, like in the same scene where he's like, Director Fury wants me in New Mexico. Oh, that's way later, I think. No, that's the same scene. Oh, you're right, because he's... Just, yep. Trust me, my my notes don't lie to me. So, Coulson's gone, which is, like, not a good idea. They should not leave Iron Man alone, clearly. I don't know, man. Like, Agent Coulson... Maybe it's because I've watched lots of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But Agent Coulson, like, like just... Oh, uh, I don't think he's as cool as... Like, no, but he is in the movies. I know, I know. Yeah, uh, kind of throw... Even, when it comes to Agent Coulson, you gotta throw S.H.I.E.L.D. out. But you can't. That's you can't, actually. These movies are watchable uh, without ever having seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And you're probably better off. I, I mean, I hear you 100%. Uh, 
Anyway, uh, so now Ivan's sick. back with a vengeance. He's got new whips. He listened to Tony's idea clearly. And yeah, he, just, you know. But he's, he doesn't have the whips yet. He's not, like, doing the whips thing yet. Um, he's just building them. Right. That's what I'm saying. He's building them, and he's, he's clearly doing the thing that Tony says. Wow, actually, hold on real quick. I have a note that also says, Director Fury wants me in Mexico, boom, Thor and Captain America in, like, the same scene. Yes. So clearly... I have I that exact well. same note written. You know what's crazy is for the rest of the movie, like... It's all just, like, we've been getting a lot of rising action, and then there's climax and fall like that. Yeah, you know nothing else happens, really. It's a big uh, fight scene. It's a cool fight scene. It is. Oh, no, well, it's a great fight on. scene. Mm, I have a note here that says, this fight scene, scene is awesome. Uh, I don't know that it was. No, the fight was scene little... where he's flying through the sky, and, like, the drones are oh, chasing him cool. and everything. That's, that's that cool. That was cool. But once they land in, like, oh, the no, no. Epcot no, no, Center. Oh, no, 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 we're not there yet. I'm pissed off about that. Hold on. Before we get to Epcot Center and before we get to everything else, did you notice what song Justin Hammer comes out to? At the Weapons Expo. Yeah, it's uh, Pick Up the Pieces by... Pick Up the Pieces by Average, average White, White Band. band. <laughs> which, which is, like, great. could not be yeah. more Justin Hammer. Yeah, could not I be more like, Sam Rockwell. Right, I was like, wow, man, you could not have picked, like, like, oh my god. Yeah, because, so, he, Hammer gets he to tries, the Expo. He, like, tries to be so in the know. And he's got the drones, which can mix salute. And that's all they can do, apparently. Quote Allegedly. Unquote. Yeah, quote, unquote. Hammer's just like, you can make salute? What does that even mean? And he's pissed off and then and then ivan sense. calls tony and tony is shook pretty much for the first time ever hold on we we totally skipped something here not really uh no we did we totally did because uh war machine goes flies through to uh yeah we US never mentioned government. that that was a while back but we never mentioned that i want to talk about that real quick yeah because like, he just it in. hands over the suit to justin hammer i'm like you Right. Why would he like? Why? I think if I was Rhodey, I'd be like, okay, but I don't want Justin Hammer to do it. Like, like you know, we can we can outfit it. We can avoid it. whoever's our tier three contractor. Yeah. You know, not Stark, not, not Hammer, Hammer, but Elon Musk. Mr. Right, Elon Musk. What's he got for me? <laughs> but no, and no, then Hammer does it, and he's like, Hammer I'm gonna arm the out of this thing, and he's like, he he lists all the guns. He's like, nah, that's not good enough. No, nah, that's not good enough. No, nah, that's not good enough. He finally gets to the like super bullet, and, and Rhodey's and just like, he, yeah, I'll take it. And he goes, which one? He goes all of it yeah and i mean that was pretty cool but and it also shows you like hammer on some level kind of knows what he's doing well and then they, well, they, they unravel it hang on we'll get they there. unravel it in like the in Epcot we'll get Center there we're not quite when... there yet we're not quite there yet because we oh, yeah gosh. so they they have the whole fight scene with the drones and and hammer you know loses control of the situation real quick uh, you know Ivan calls Tony, and Tony, like, immediately flies off for New York, because he's Tony, and he could cross the entire country in, like, minutes, apparently. Oh, so. I didn't even think about that. But anyway, yeah, he flies, flies all the way, flies all the way there, and act like, Brody, it's a trap. It's a, it's a trap. Yeah, and... it's a trap. Admiral Akbar, <laughs> that. And then, then, yeah, we get the, the huge fight scene. The drones are controlled by Ivan, and Brody's controlled by Ivan, and there's this, this huge thing, and then Happy and Natasha go off to fight ivan natasha kills like a million people and happy kills and like happy kills three one. people and happy's like yeah got this what's up all day by myself and then i think that i think that, that then he comes around the corner the hallway, there's like 95 people dead <laughs> i think in that that the scene in the hallway is important because there was actually a different time in this movie where they could have done like a hallway fight scene and didn't do it and i was like mm, you're gonna have to come back to that one because it was when ivan was getting out of uh the prison and he yeah. like runs down the stairs i think they very could have easily had all of the doors open up and he had to like fight his way through it kind of like the uh daredevil fight scene yes not not the movie but um yes the... i don't know punisher fight scene punisher. yes uh, i knew what you're talking about 
But also Daredevil season one, last episode, he does the alleyway fight scene. Yes. But they do not do that. Uh, so we get the huge hallway fight scene with ScarJo and Happy and like, I see you, John Favreau, giving yourself fight scene in your own movie. Right. I see and, you. And I mean, I think I think this is the first time you see like like you know Scarlett Johansson is like a like a badass or whatever, and she's like able to kill people or not kill people, but like fight everybody. But like this scene is like oh dang like she is not just able to fight people like she's gonna be able she's to hold a her big own. deal right like she's this person is not going anywhere anytime soon or this is a way overpowered minor character right. in this movie <laughs> so they they try very very hard to paint tony as a hero right here like a like a true american hero he's only worried about the civilians and pepper and everything and they just overplay that a little bit in my mind yeah he's like get everybody out of here although he only kind of does that because then he flies the drones all around the just like firing bombs all over yeah everywhere. yeah but he's trying but then, but then he saves what is supposed He's to be trying. Peter Parker at the expo. The, oh, the little kid? Yeah. Oh, I love the little kid. That was great. He's got the Iron Man suit on and the drone thinks he's Iron Man and is about to shoot yeah. him. And the kid just holds up the, the, the light on his palm and he's like, yeah, I got mm-hmm. this. Yeah, that kid's about to literally die. But they say that that's supposed to be Peter Parker. I don't know that it is or if that's just some fan theory. Oh, that kid is way too young. I wouldn't say so. Yeah. He's probably like... That kid I mean, is Peter way Parker's like too a, young. He's like a sophomore in high school. So yeah, but that's only like that's only like six years later. Seven years later. Is it? If he was eight, he could be fifteen. Peter Parker's not fifteen. Hmm. I'm pretty sure he Peter's is. like a senior. No, he's definitely not a senior. He's not a senior. It's called homecoming. It's not called prom. <laughs> it's called homecoming for a different reason, son. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's called homecoming because he takes Vulture's daughter to homecoming. I mean, I think that's a play as well. So yeah, that's supposed to be Peter Parker, so they say. I like to believe it because, you know, why not? A little bit of theory, a little bit of hot take. Stark saves him. I don't know how he finds time to, like, stop and land on the ground. I mean, he's only there for a second. And he just blows the guy away and goes, good job, kid, and just leaves him standing there with all the other drones. I'm like, all right, well, that, that kid's still going to die. Saves the kid, gets back, and then they're, like, flying around, and he, like, like he blows up, like, all of them. Like, so many of these yeah. things blow up. And then, oh my gosh, they're, like, flying under the bridge, and they just, like, for no reason, have Rhodey destroy, like, a bajillion cars. Yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be that scene. Like, all those cars are parked. Like, there's no possible way people could have ever, like, knowingly planned this out because cars are, like, six cars in on each side. Yeah. Anyway, so they get this whole... The whole conclusion of the fight scene happens real quick inside the, the Thunderdome. The Epcot Center. Yeah, the Epcot Center. Anyway, so they have this, this big fight scene and and he they destroy all the drones and tony uses that laser thing the unibeam the laser thing and he's like oh i can only do it once i'm like that's not your tony stark you can figure that out yeah yeah it's a one-shot thing a couple more so finally vanko lands and he's got his own crazy suit he's got his own iron man suit which oh my goodness was he built in a russian basement with a box of scraps actually he i think he built this particular one in a new york laboratory with with a box box of with a box of very, very expensive scraps. <laughs> expensive scraps. <laughs> so they have like a quick dialogue thing and they're fighting a little bit. And then finally, in like 30 seconds, him and Rhodey do the Harry Potter wand thing and just blow them up. Oh my god. So stupid. Blow them up. That's it. And then, and then, oh, like the, all the drones blow up. And I'm like, cool. All the drones blow up. And, and nobody like dies. Ex- nobody gets hurt. And an extremely long timer on them. And they only yeah. blow up like, like six feet in diameter. Yeah. So like, like wow, that's what I'm talking about. He was a great villain until that moment when he just right. packs it in. He loses so easily, and they're like, oh, t-, like, but and then he's like doing the thing with the whips and stuff. And there's there's a little bit of cool fight scene there, right? But like, 
And so and he like, saves. Tony has to fight. And he has to Tony save has Pepper. To fight somebody else playing Iron Man. And he has to save Pepper. He has to save Pepper. Now, one thing I liked about this is that at the end, Tony, it is his idea. Well, it's his idea on how to defeat the villain. He can't do it alone. Yeah. But it's not. It's not a uh, Pepper that kills the villain. No. Nope. He and Rhodey kill the villain together with the Harry Potter wand thing. I honestly, did you see Lily and James Potter come out there? I, I, I did. I don't know about you guys, but I saw him. <laughs> so he takes Pepper to this rooftop. Pepper quits her job as CEO, and then Tony finally kisses her after two movies. It's like, yay, Tony and Pepper. And Tony wants Obviously, to join all this, S.H.I.E.L.D. Tony does want to join and S.H.I.E.L.D. And S.H.I.E.L.D. is like, like he doesn't want... nah. Nah. So Tony but makes like, Tony comes back as cocky Tony makes about him. He's like, oh, you can't afford me. Right. I thought that was funny. I was like, yeah, Tony would never. Tony can never be told no. Right. But he gets Senator Stern to deliver the the medals of honor or whatever they get. Oh my gosh, that was so stupid. I like I thought it was funny they got Senator Stern doing that thing, but I was like, come on, man, this isn't the end of like a new hope. And like, they they link they link arms and he does the peace sign. I thought that was cool. I was like, that's you know what? That's from that one part. Throwing up gang signs. Oh, peace without peace of with peace i'd be out of a job like right. and now he's now he's like oh yeah peace is my job oh but and yeah, i have a, a quick cinema sin right there i just i have we haven't done this yet but this is one thing i noticed that bothered the heck out of me one of those microphones on the podium was not plugged in <laughs> all of the rest of them were but one sure sm57 which would not be used first of all without a wind guard is not plugged in at all to anything but the rest of them are it's the tony throws peace roll credits and we get this um, this after credit scene, Agent Coulson rolls up in a very small Acura coupe. Hold on, hold on. Before we get to that, what you know how like they they always make the joke like once you say the name of the movie, you have to say roll credits. Wouldn't it have been great if Tony was like, "I am Iron Man," and then and then Rhodey was like, "I am Iron Man too." But he's <laughs> <laughs> War Machine. So yeah, and then we get we get a post credit scene where Agent Coulson pulls up in an Acura in a, because he's an Acura. he's an Avenger and he Avengers use Acuras. Avengers uses Acuras. Iron Man. Tony drives an Audi. Iron Man uses Audis, except when he's an Avenger and he uses an Acura. Which is stupid. Anyway, God, if you're rolls up buy a and we get car, don't buy an Acura. We get a a New Mexico plate, which is a god awful plate. New Mexico, mm, terrible. Do plate. better. Come on now. But it says like the the land of the mystic or whatever they keep yeah. saying. Land of enchantment. Land of enchantment. Yes. So the, the the New Mexico plate says land of enchantment. And then um, he gets out and he calls up Fury and he's like, Director Fury, we found it. Yeah, and it's just a big crater and then a nice little shot of Mjolnir. 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 So, and then... I'm not excited for having to say that over and over again. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Let's just go through the entire entire Thor debrief without saying Mjolnir. Oh, I thought you were going to say like right now and I was like, that would be so clever. Ethan. you like or dislike about this film so overall i actually i thought this film was pretty unmemorable as as i like i said i couldn't remember a single thing about it except the monaco scene and i have seen this movie so like i didn't remember a whole lot about it but it is it's a movie that ages well in the series despite not being a very good movie i agree i think that there was a lot going for it i think uh when you read the trivia you discover that there was a lot of rewrites coming from marvel trying to hype up captain america and right. thor uh and it's tough to watch this before those came out right and, and now like... now i've seen like all the other movies in the series i'm like oh it fits really well but before but before they came out movies, it was just kind of like it's really muddy. Like, yeah. why is Shield so involved, and why do we have so much Nick Fury? Right. And so, as like a standalone film, I think 
I think it does fall short. I think that you know maybe Metacritic was a little little harsh. But well, I think and Metacritic Rotten... gave Iron Man one like a seventy three. So yeah, so I think I think uh, it, critical, Rotten Tomatoes critics has tough. it about right. Critics it's are like tough a... on a superhero movies, like actual critics, not like Rotten Tomatoes critics, where it's just like a digital. But I thought, I mean, it, 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 like while I was watching it, I it's about as long as the Incredible Hulk, and there wasn't too many times where I was like, "This movie this never been, ends." <laughs> this has been happening for a long time, so that was a you yeah, know like overall, a welcome. There's not a whole lot I can pin down where I'm like, "This was bad." It's just it's right. a, it's a fairly solid movie. It does really good shout outs to the the tie ins, everything, and it gives a lot of development on the Iron Man character. Does Stan Lee play Larry King and then get credited as Stan Lee, or does Larry King play Larry King? And Stanley is somewhere else, and I didn't catch I it. I think Stanley is somewhere else, and you didn't catch it. That okay. might be wrong about that. No, yeah, that is Stanley as Larry King. I think I don't know. I might be wrong. I have no idea. To tell you the truth. Oh yeah, it is Stanley as Larry King. Okay. That's yeah, they're I just thought. like oh, and there's Larry King, and it's not Larry King. It's just Stanley. Uh, yeah. I mean, the movie's good. I enjoyed it. Like, I would if I was listening to this podcast, I would probably watch it. Yeah. So I mean, um, it, it, but it gives a lot of development on the Iron Man character. It's a lot of like, this is why Tony is Tony. And it gives him a chance to discover who his father is, really, and how his father felt about him, and discover who he is as a person. It also gets him away from the problems of the reactor in his chest, because that correct. was a big a big thing. Is like he can move on from that now. He can face further. Problems. What I don't like is that we don't have any lasting villains. Like I don't think Justin Hammer is ever going to make a relevant appearance again. No. I don't think Mickey Rourke is ever coming back as Whiplash again. Um, I do like that we, you know, really start to establish Agent Coulson's character and Sam Jackson's character and and, and definitely Scarlett Johansson's character. Right. And it gives development on Tony and Pepper. But I don't think any of Iron Man's villains are going to come back, really. No, I think Mandarin is dead. But I think, um, that's the thing I noticed, though, and I'd never really noticed this before. Iron Man's villains are all the same villain. Like they're all Iron Man. They are all Iron Man. Like they are. Mm. They are a a hired gun. Are you trying to say that Iron Man is a villain? No, hang on. Is that let what me, you're trying to let say? Because that's what I heard. let me phase this out. Real Iron quick. Man is a villain. Yeah, I agree. So in the first movie, Scrappy Doo. In the first, stop saying Scrappy Doo. I'm gonna punch you in the microphone. In the first movie, we got the what is it? The Ten Rings that are hired pawns of Obadiah Stane, who ends up fighting Tony as this like amalgamation Iron of Iron Man. Man. In this movie, we have Whiplash, who fights Tony as an, an amalgamation of Iron Man, but he is a hired pawn of Justin Hammer. And then we have Aldrich Killian, the Mandarin. Oh, I, did, I think. Whoa, hold on. I think you have it backwards. I think. I think. I think the way that uh, Hammer and Vanko like interact, or Vanko, is that like Hammer thinks he's in control, but really the whole time he's the pawn of uh, right. Whiplash. But at the same time, like it's it's a it's a megalomaniacal millionaire trying to be Tony somewhere in the in the scheme of things. I agree. I agree. I think uh whenever somebody talks about a supporting actor, I think what they're referring to is somebody like Gwyneth Paltrow in this movie. But I what I always picture is somebody like Happy in this movie. Yeah. Who who has like minimal lines, but he like he's definitely like necessary. Yeah. And uh yeah, I would think of Gwyneth Paltrow more as like a like a lead, but of course she's not. Like there's one lead in this movie yes. and his name is <laughs> his Robert name Downey is Jr. Robert Downey Jr. It is his movie, his name is in the title. He's Iron Man Two. Right. Iron Man Don Cheadle is Iron two. Man also. Yes. And that's the other thing, is like they use Rhodey against him because Rhodey is like the better version of himself. And I, I I think that they miss, like, this is where Rhodey really develops a lot. And I think, you know, as we watch, 
you know, back to back, I might be like, oh yeah, Rhodey developed so much in Iron Man too, and now I, I really see how his character makes sense in this point. But if if I'm honest, when I watch movies and I haven't seen Iron Man two recently, like when I watch later films in the series, I'm always like, why does Rhodey get so much screen time? Yeah, and why on earth do I care? Well, and this and is honestly, like I like, said, the same way I felt about Black Widow when they like introduced her as this known entity in the Avengers. I'm like, who? Who? Who is this person? <laughs> Why do I care? Why right. do I care about the Hulk? That movie wasn't part of this. Oh, but it was. <laughs> but it was. But, but like the next movie and, and onward is where everything really starts to fall into place. And I don't think anybody realized that at this point. Right. Because like, I, I mean, I completely agree. Granted, and there this was a, an almost was two year gap sort of between everything. It was almost a two year gap between the Incredible Hulk and and now. And like, well, yeah, because they were kind of like, well, crap. At this at that at, in this point in, in time, like in 2017, that would be unheard of. Going two years without a Marvel movie? Are you kidding? Yeah, you can't go six months. Like, so, Ethan, what did you think of uh, the villains in this movie? Then there's two villains we've really got to address between Justin Hammer and uh, Mickey Rourke, uh, Von Vanko. So, what's our what's our scale? Our scale is uh, our scale Tommy, is Lee, Tommy Jones Lee Jones as Two Face to Heath Ledger as the Joker. Heath Ledger as the Joker. On that scale, I actually really like I really like Whiplash as a villain. I think that he's got. I think he reminds me a lot of Bane. If we yeah. have to do Batman villains yeah, for everything, I could see that because, but not, but not uh, George Clooney Bane. Uh, of course, it wasn't George Clooney then, but Tom Holland Bane because he's not just got the brute strength, but he's also got like the ability to break Tony's spirit and like soul. Yes, you, you know what I'm talking yes. about. I, he, uh, he I feel is... like everything is just let's compare them to Batman villains. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so when when we do Batman, uh, finally we'll compare them to Marvel villains. Right. Well, I think I think Bane here really reminds me of Whiplash, but better. Yeah, I'll give him. I'll but give him a Bane. That's that's pretty solid. I'd say I'd say Bane is pretty solid. He's 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 strong. He's a big guy. He just kind of beats Tony down with the brute force, which isn't really something Tony's experienced before. So I'd give exactly. that. As far as Justin Hammer goes, I think I mean I think I he might be know. in the league of his own. I think it's it's I don't I can't think of a Batman villain to describe. To no, this. because it, no. everybody's either too bad or too good. Yeah, I mean I like Justin Hammer as a villain. I think that he is definitely like on the spectrum more on the Joker side of things than he is on the yeah I, I give Tom him Ray like on, on, if things. it was a scale of one to ten I give him like a like a five and a half six slightly uh, leaning yeah, in favor agree. nothing nothing spectacular nothing bad. I really like the acting. I think that that is excellent. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, oh, Sam Rockwell did a fantastic job as Justin Hammer. Absolutely gave a great performance. I don't think he could have done the role any more justice. Um, I mean, he's just a consummate professional in everything he does. I don't really like Mickey Rourke all that much, uh, necessarily. He's been in a lot of weird things, you know, whatever. But he did really good as Ivan Vanko. I think he was a perfect actor to portray this. I Yeah, I agree. It was very, definitely very well acted. I didn't Samuel Jackson like... as Nick Fury is a little too Samuel L. Jackson in this movie. I honestly like I thought he did the worst. Yeah. Like which, he does he gets which better. is funny because he definitely does get better, but I also thought like Sam Jackson, like they designed Nick Fury in this era of comics to look like you. Right. How are you messing this right, up? Right, but I think that's the whole problem is they were just like, just be yourself. Don't right. act at all. Like just be Sam Jackson. Be the guy right. from the Capital One commercials. And I, that that may have been it, but um yeah, other than that, I think it was acted pretty well. So um, we, we need to ascribe a, a breakfast, breakfast food, food to the film. Oh, man. it's Do I have to you use IHOP? Go, you can go to – no, I used Cracker Barrel. Oh, did time. you? Okay, I'm going to go Waffle House, okay? I'm going to give you – This is a Waffle House? No, hang on. Hang on. It's 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 a side of covered hash browns. Hash browns with cheese. Like, can I try to, like, figure out what you're trying to say? Yes. I think you're saying it's – 
exactly what it needed to be, but it, like the world could exist without it. Yeah, it's a great side dish. <laughs> I think it does I, it does very well to complement the meal. The meal, the covered hash browns, hash browns with a square of American <laughs> the cheese, craft single resting, of American cheese, <laughs> resting, resting slightly melted off center on top of. Uh, no, this movie definitely did not come from Waffle House. Uh, as much as I love Waffle House, I think that we'll get to other films in, in our escapades that are more Waffle House worthy. Um, I don't know that we're at Cracker Barrel either. Uh, it's because I gave you the perfect example. What do you what do you think of this movie? And we'll, we'll work backwards to a breakfast food. I think... <laughs> what, what a weird problem. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, it's, it's very well done. Okay. Um, so I don't know if that's like a <laughs> poorly ordered uh, steak steak breakfast meal. <laughs> uh, I think it's very well done. I think that it's yeah. I think everybody did the best with what they had to work with, and what they had to work with wasn't the best. I'm I'm not hearing anything other than a covered hash brown here. Uh, I think no. I think it's like a, like a like a drive-through Hardee's like uh, drive-through Hardee's biscuits and gravy. Oh yeah, I can see that where they work their butt off on those biscuits, and it's like some old woman right. in the kitchen at four thirty a.m. But at the right. same time, but you're like, like eh, it's Hardee's chicken, it's Hardee's like, sausage gravy. Like it's really not that great. Or Carl's Jr. for those of you from the wrong parts hey, of the world. If you live in a Carl's Jr. state, stop listening to my podcast. <laughs> No, please don't. don't. I'm kidding. Obviously, Carl's Jr. is great. I've never been to one. Never actually seen one in real life. I don't know where they exist, but I think they just like, simultaneously exist. But yeah, I think like like a sausage biscuits and gravy from uh, from Hardee's because you have everything the great that's work with. But like then then the toppings on top are just you know it's like this is good enough. Yeah, I mean this is good I enough to, to continue to catapult. This I could see it forward. I could see it. I'm still in favor of covered hash brown. Mm. I mean, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah. <laughs> did did the best with what it's got. Yeah, I agree. Okay. But that's my thing with the covered hash brown is I don't think it's doing the best with what it's got. I think just a little bit of a t- – like like it's it's hash browns. It looks like shredded cheese. Put like some shredded cheddar on top. Uh, that's that's my thoughts. Waffle All House right. if you're listening. Brook Pancake. This episode is brought to you by Covered Hash Browns. No <laughs> effort put in whatsoever. Congratulations, it- Waffle House. This episode is brought to you by Injustice in America. Five for four dollars taquitos. What's that all about? This episode, strangely enough, is also brought to you by Waffle House Sauce. That thing they tried for a while. I'm unfamiliar with this. It was the same time we found out about Brook Pancake. Because on the other side of the Brook Pancake article was an article introducing Waffle House Sauce. Oh gosh, that sounds so And it was just like a special sauce. Special sauce. Szechuan I'm sauce? pretty sure it was literally Thousand Island dressing, which is not a great breakfast condiment. Are you kidding me? I cannot tell you the amount of times I've gotten a Big Mac at like 10:30 in the morning. I'm like, this is so good. I've and never gotten crazy. a Big Mac at 10:30 in the morning, <laughs> which is crazy oh. because up until probably a year ago, I'd never had. A Big I can Mac. count the number of Big Macs I've had on one hand and have fingers left over. Uh, I used to be able to do that. The Big Mac is one of the least appetizing things I've ever seen in my life. Thank you for tuning in this week to another episode of Bacon and Eggs. I'm really glad you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed it, actually. We talked about Iron Man 2 here on this episode. Coming up next, we've got Thor for you. I would imagine you're going to listen to it. It's going to roll straight into it. I would hope. It's going to roll straight into it. The next thing you're going to be greeted by is our voices doing that intro again. Anyway, so, so we're going to do... Uh, and as, as we say in, in my hometown... There's no sickness in rock. There's no sickness in rock. As always, you guys can reach us at 
baconandeggsmedia@gmail.com or we are um, anyway you can also reach me at americarlin which is america r-l-i-n and i am at wow now which is w-0-w-n-0-w if you really want to track me down please don't come to and my house americarlin is my instagram handle and my twitter handle so you can find us on all those those media devices our we could use some theme music that'd be great just yeah give me a good sizzle right here and post Anyway, this has been another rousing episode. Until next time. Arriva Dirty. A river runs through it.